You don't understand the crushing loneliness and greed. Don't worry, Doctor. We'll get you all the help you need. No! Don't put me away! I'll give you diamonds. Everybody wants diamonds. Diamonds will make everything all better. Diamonds! Diamonds! What a nice lady. Very nice. Hey, Lise, check it out. Diamond vision. Buzz off. Welcome to Welcome to Storybrooke. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And I feel like we had a difference of opinion on this episode. I actually kind of liked it. I'm not going to say it was, you know, good, but... I mean, it's probably the most unnecessary episode this show has ever done. Oh, I don't know. That's a pretty tall order there. I mean, you're right. That might be a bit of hyperbole, but it's definitely in the running. It's just that... So little happens in this episode. The plot doesn't get moved forward at all. And the one thing that does happen in this episode as part of the overarching Black Fairy plot is undone at the end of the episode. We do have a pretty big uh, character note for Selena here, which I don't remember if it ends up sticking. I mean, do we, though? I just... Well, let's, let's get into it. This is episode 18 of season six where bluebirds fly we are on book 10 momageddon 2 son of momageddon and uh yeah so as a reminder previously on once upon a time the black fairy has made it to storybrooke and a bunch of flowers grew to fight her evil but then they got burned down except for one which was enough to undo all of the things gideon has done since coming to town also, Zelina had a really sad childhood where she was oppressed for being magical and also had been abandoned by her family and just wanted to do magic and have people who loved her. Yes, as a reminder, Zelina was at one point a child. I mean, the previously on spends a long time on the last time we had a Zelina as a child episode. Yeah, well, she's, you know... Oh, also the author powers are taking over Henry, except that doesn't really seem to be the plot here. They're focusing more on... Henry, uh, they're focusing more on the fact that the end of Henry's book is coming up. Yes. I don't get why they introduced the maybe the author powers are taking over thing only to immediately drop it as a potential plot point. I mean, I think the point in bringing it up was to get to the this is the end, the final chapter. Except not really because we're going to do a soft reboot season after this. It's just, you could have done that without having the whole, oh, the author powers are taking over Henry, except no, no, they're not. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, we've seen him go into author trances before this point. He could have just gone into another one of his author trances. I think the problem is that the powers are so poorly defined that they had to have something dramatic enough happen so that they would have an excuse to bring in the previous author to warn Henry that this is the end of his book. But then they didn't really want to do that. Honest to God, they could have just done the symbols thing. He goes into an author trance, writes a bunch of symbols. They don't recognize the symbols. They go to the previous author. Bam. Yeah. All right. So this episode opens with a flashback to Zelina back in Oz as a child. She's walking down the yellow brick road when she encounters a boy whose 
found a bird in the middle of the road. Yeah, there's a tree that's fallen down across the yellow brick road, and a nest fell out of the tree, and the boy is sad because the eggs in the nest are, the egg, the single egg in the nest is broken, and so that bird is dead. But Zelina very quickly just uses her magic to fix the egg. And then bamf the nest back up into a tree. Uh, if if the bird is dead, then that egg's not gonna... I think she brought the bird back to life. There's Which, some implications by the there. way, yeah, if Selena's magic can bring the dead back to life, then we have a lot more to talk about. Or do birds not having souls make it easier for... Yeah, probably. We're, we're assuming. Yeah. Mary Margaret can talk to birds, so... I assume they don't have souls. Two random bully kids come out of the woods and they're like, yeah, we're the ones who actually knocked that nest out of the tree. And... We're going to shoot you with slingshots, girl who has magic, because you have magic, and we just saw you using the magic, so that's grounds for us to pick on you. Yeah, what kind of idiot is mean to someone because they have powerful magic? Like, the logic of this world is so beyond me. Again, I, I feel like I mentioned this last time we were dealing with Selena's childhood, specifically her dad, but... It's a trope that reminds me of the bit in X-Men Evolution, uh-huh. where all of the mutant kids at the high school come out as mutants, and there's a group of, you know, non-mutant high school kids who are trying to pick a fight with them, but that's specifically to get them kicked out of the school. Like, they they know that these kids are dangerous. It's not, they're like, oh my god, look at the freaks, let's beat them up. They're like, let's provoke a conflict in front of an authority figure as grounds to get these people barred from our school. Also, one of the themes in this episode is how easily Zelina is manipulated. I don't know why you would be mean to her when you could just be nice to her and she would basically use her magic to help you forever. Yeah, I I, I don't get that. Why would kids be like, oh my god, she can do cool magic shit, let's pick on her. But the boy who found the bird's nest defends her with an axe, which is pretty badass, and also tells you where the story's going to be going. Yes. He chases off the boys, and Zelina tells him that she is a monster because she has magic. And he tells her, no, having magic makes her special because he's not dumb like the rest of the people in this town are, apparently. Although she's, he's like, I'm sta- Statum? Statum. I'm Stanum, and she's like, I'm Zelina, and he's like, oh, I don't know, that is a pretty monstery name. Oh, poor Zelina. Seriously, what was her mom thinking there? Hello, I'm, this is, this is my baby, Evil Lynn. What about Maleficent? That's why the whole she's a nature fairy thing doesn't make sense. Like, oh, she's the spirit of the forest, and that's why her name is Evil. <laughs> I did not like the live-action Maleficent movie. I didn't see the live-action Maleficent movie. Angelina Jolie was... She did a good job with what they gave her, but the plot was not good. Oh, that's a shame. Also, it took a story about, you know... Rape? Well, they made a story about rape. Oh, that's... Yeah. They took a story that was about a war between four very powerful magic women... And they made it a story about a woman seeking revenge for being raped. Oof. Yeah, that's not great. But it's more empowery, except no? No. 
No. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I skipped that. Also, the, what they did to the fairies in that, like, because they made them, like, bumbling oafs who would have got the baby killed if Maleficent wasn't spying on them. and I, I didn't know any of this. Yeah. The, the three of them are, like, having a picnic while the baby's walking over the edge of a cliff. and yeah. Oh, instead of letting them just be the stars of the movie that they were. Yeah. See, that's a real shame, too, because one of the things I like about Maleficent is that the story is she was not invited to a party. And the reason she was not invited to a party is because it would have been bad luck. It would have brought a curse down on them. It's about fairy rules and how they are so different from the rest of the world. Like, you can't even negotiate with them because their thought processes, their rules are so different from human rules. And then you made her fall in love with a human man. Also, she does not turn into a dragon at any point in the movie. That's bullshit. That's some real bullshit. In fact, there is an opportunity for her to turn into a dragon, but you know what she does? Turns into a flock of crows. No, she turns her crow sidekick into a dragon. Oh, that's even worse. Wow. Wow, why are you telling me all this? This is terrible. I'm sorry. Maybe it's to put this episode into perspective. You're right. This episode seems a lot less terrible now. So... Back in the present, Zelina is walking into her house and she's like, baby, baby, did you have fun while I was out doing whatever? Which you, sh- you shouldn't be leaving your baby alone. You shouldn't be leaving your baby alone anyway, but... No, no, she's not walking into the house. She's not walking back into the house, Max. She's in the kitchen heating up a bottle. You've got magic. Just, you shouldn't leave your baby alone. She's boiling a bottle. And she's got a baby monitor. It's fine. Is it fine? No, it's not fine. Because when she goes to feed the baby, the black fairy is there holding her baby. The black fairy's all like, ha ha, I am a fairy. And you know the thing that we're famous for? Stealing children. I've got a lot of extra room in my baby minds for this baby. And Selena's like, give me my baby back. Like, I know you're the big grand bad this season, but I've been around for a while now. You're not going to last. Give me back my stupid baby. Yeah, basically. Also, this is once upon a time. Bad things aren't allowed to happen to babies unless it's, you know, the Charmings throwing them into some sort of pit. Well, see, I would be worried because I was going to say bad things aren't allowed to happen to babies unless they are the babies of villains. And Zelina is a villain, so it's okay to be worried. I don't know. See, I think the rule is bad things can be done two villain babies but only by heroes oh that makes sense so the black fairy can't do anything bad to robin although i would argue that the black fairy did something pretty bad to bell and rumple's baby oh you're right villains can do bad things to villain babies yeah yeah zelina's right to be worried Mm. although the black fairy just hands the baby back right the black fairy tells zelina that she actually wants her help that she knows how the dice are going to fall and how the good guys might be okay with Zelina for now, but there's only so long that can last. So if she knows what's good for her, she needs to team up with the Black Fairy. Now. That's not the worst convincing I've ever seen. I mean, it's not accurate. If Zelina would just stop turning evil, people would stop being mad at her. But also, Zelina seems to not be able to help herself from turning evil. So it's a pretty good pitch. 
And she is sort of the perpetual backstabber of the group. Right. She's the one token mean friend girl groups have in a... In fiction. Yeah. So the Black Fairy says that she's going to be down in the dwarf mines and that Zelina should join her there and they can do evil together. So at Emma's house, Emma is following in her father's footsteps and making a giant ass pile of pancakes. Yeah, well, she's also with Hook getting ready to work up an appetite for that giant stack of pancakes. Yes, Hook comes up from behind her and he's like, hey, how about a little morning sex and she's like you used to be a lot more subtle before we started living together yeah he's also wearing like no pirate makeup which makes me sad because it makes him like 13 percent less sexy he's basically wearing a very dark plaid shirt in this scene it's with a vest over it it's a weird look it's very not pirate like but emma's into it because she starts eating his face off yeah the two of them are ugly real person making out (laughs) as opposed to pretty tv making out yeah Yeah. Which makes it even more awkward when Mary Margaret comes in. Yeah, Mary Margaret bursts in with her giant wedding binder and is like, oh no, was I interrupting something? And uh, Emma's like, no, we were just having pancakes. And uh, Mary Margaret's like, okay, I'll come back when you're done having pancakes. And Hook is like, no, no, no need. My appetite is flaccid. I'm gonna go have some griddle cakes in the shower while you two talk. Yeah. I mean, it it sounds like we're making terrible, dirty jokes, but that's legit exactly what happens on screen. So Hook wanders off and Mary Margaret opens the giant ass wedding binder she brought. I was like, when did you, when did you put this together? Mary Margaret's like, oh, sometime after the first curse. Okay, I love wedding binders. And let me explain. Planning a giant theme party is fun, especially if you have unlimited money, which has never been the case for me and is not the case for Emma. But at some point, Mary Margaret was a princess, so she had basically unlimited money. Although Emma just took this house. I'm just saying, like, I feel like she can basically just take whatever she wants in this town. Okay, that's probably true. Well, my point is... Planning a giant theme party with unlimited money is fun. And the closest we come to that being socially acceptable as a culture now is weddings. So that's why the giant wedding binder. That's sad. You're right. We should have more giant theme parties for no reason. Hmm. So this brief amount of girl talk is interrupted by Regina calling because Regina could feel things getting too girly. Yeah. And she's called him over so they could all group yell at Zelina. Yeah, it's a Zelina vention. Zelina's down at the sheriff's station and everybody just tells her that she can't go fight the Black Fairy on her own because that's what she wants to do. She doesn't want to join up with the Black Fairy. She just wants to go down there and start throwing punches. Which, honest to God, fair. Like, I feel like none of them have tried just going there and punching the Black Fairy in the face. Now, when we were rewatching this episode for the first time since it first aired years ago, I was like, just let her go fight the Black Fairy. What's the worst that could happen? Forgetting what the worst that could happen was. Yes, there's actually a plot reason why it would be bad for Zelina to go, but I still think it's a legitimate idea for them to just, you know, everyone who's not magic grab their guns, everyone who is magic grab their magic. 
show up and throw magic at the Black Fairy until she's dead and shoot her a lot. Yeah. And if you bring Rumple with you, I feel like you're pretty much done, right? Yeah. Rumple has all of the power of all of the Dark Ones, plus all of the powers of the Greek gods. Yep. Plus a vested interest in taking her ass down. I mean, come on. Also, you have those magic inhibiting cuffs. Just have all of the magic people fire at her from one angle while Mary Margaret, I don't know, puts it on a bow and arrow and shoots it onto her wrist. Yeah. Ugh. Well, that's not what they decide to do. They decide to tell Zelina that she can't do it. And then Regina makes it personal and is like, I'm more powerful than you and I couldn't take her on. And Zelina's like, no, I'm more powerful than you. And then they go back and forth about this for a while before... Emma's like, no, we have a MacGuffin. We can't go fight her until we know how the MacGuffin works. Referring, of course, to the magic wand that she got last episode. I might have confused some of you by calling it a dagger. It's it's basically a pointy stick. I got confused. It's a piece of a wand. Just stab her with it. It'll be fine. Remember when Ariel stabbed Regina in the neck with a fork? Yes, I do. Oh, the good old days. I don't know. That was during the uh, Peter Pan season. Oh, that's true. I mean, it was a good episode, but... Yeah, yeah. So, back in Rumpel's shop, Belle is overjoyed to learn that the Black Fairy has Gideon's heart, because that means that he can't be blamed for any of the evil things he's doing. Uh, okay. I mean, I... Fair. Yes, I'm, I'm on Belle's side about this. But she seems really happy about a thing that is actually just a much bigger problem. Yeah. Yeah. Rumple's talking about how um, they need to re-wake up the Blue Fairy because the Blue Fairy is old as balls. She knew the Black Fairy before she was the Black Fairy. And she probably has the secret to defeating her. Yeah, it doesn't seem like such a good idea to drain all her magic and put her into a coma now, does it, Rumple? Although, I mean, you'd think if she had the secret to defeating the Black Fairy, she wouldn't have got her ass kicked by the Black Fairy. Yeah, right. So they're going to, I don't know, get fairy dust to wake her up? I don't know what the plan is because Rumpel doesn't come back with a plan, but he's going to wander around and find a plan. And Belle puts a blanket over Blue, which means that she's just been lying there without a blanket for like four weeks. She's in a mystical coma. It's fine. Well, then why does she need a blanket now? She doesn't. Belle just needs something to do until Zelina comes into the store. Fair enough. Zelina comes into the store carrying Robin. And it's like, hey, will you watch my baby for a minute for like no reason? I'm going to go do nothing. Don't worry about it. And Belle's like, sure. Oh, by the way, uh, don't tell anyone, but... Rumple sort of murdered the blue fairy, but he's working on a way to undo it. And Selena's like, oh, oh, sweetheart, I really don't care about that. <laughs> yep, yep. I can't think of any reason why I would ever care that the blue fairy is here asleep in your back room. And then Belle goes and gets a bassinet to put Robin in, which is super sad because she never got to use that bassinet because Gideon got kidnapped and then raised in an alternate demon dimension by an evil black fairy this was probably here before but i just noticed it now it's weird that rumple has a canoe strapped to the ceiling of his store it's probably pocahontas's canoe right it's the uh just around the river bend canoe yeah fair fair i'm 
kind of glad they never did Pokemon. Oh my on god, that, show. that would have been so bad. Oh my god. Okay. So in the charming loft, David comes to the door and sees that it's open. So he draws a gun and bursts in like a dumbass because that's not how you should do that. And luckily does not shoot Henry, who is sitting in the corner in a writer trance. Yes, he's using the author pen, although he's not writing in the book with it. He's trying to figure out what the symbols meant by using the author pen, because when he wrote the symbols, when he went into his initial, not his initial, when he went into the author trance that had the symbols, uh, he was just using a regular pen. So he thought maybe he could use the author pen to decode it, but no such luck. No. I do really enjoy this scene because David's like, you weren't trying to use your author powers to stop the Black Fairy and save your mom, were you? Because you know how dangerous that is. And Henry's like, yeah, I know how dangerous it is. Also, I already tried and it didn't work. Yeah, Henry's like, I would never do that. And it doesn't work. And then he shows us. He writes with his pen, Emma wins the final battle, and then it just disappears off the page. Which raises a lot of questions about why Isaac was able to do what he did, but I don't even want to dig into that right now. Fair. So David tells him what the Storybrooke crew is up to, you know, planning Hook and Emma's wedding. And Henry's like, is that really where we should be spending our resources now? And David gives a speech about how it's important for regular life to go on, even when mystical shit's happening, because mystical shit's always happening. And Henry's like, that's... That's snow talk. That's Mary Margaret talk right there. He he literally says that's grandma speak. Actually, what he says is that reeks of grandma. Yes, the exact line is that reeks of grandma, which is a Terrible line. Terrible Really? I was going to say that's a line I love dearly. Oh, God, no. It reeks of grandma. <sighs> Especially when grandma's snow. It reeks of snow. So back in Rumpelstiltskin. I'm sorry, just that one bit in Friends. Wait, wait, that's Chandler talking, but those are Monica words. (laughs) So back in Rumpel's shop, Regina comes in and sees Belle taking care of Robin and is like, Belle, what are you doing? And Belle's like, oh, Zelina said she had some errands to run. Jesus fucking Christ. By the way, who's who's looking after baby Neil? Who? Yeah, right. I'm sorry, the Black Fairy's around town, someone who's famous for stealing babies, and Snow and David seem just not invested at all in their baby. I know, it's true. So then we get a shot of Zelina entering the mines, the dwarf mines, and cut from that to Zelina, back in her green days, enjoying a feast all by herself in the Wizard of Oz throne room. Well, she's done the redecorating. It's her green bubbly water room now. Yeah, it's the... It's the, we don't own MGM's Wizard of Oz, but we do own... What was that movie called? Oh, God. um... Was it called The Wonderful Wizard of Oz? No, no. Oz the Great and... Yes, Oz the... Yeah, but we do own that. But we do own that James Franco movie, so we're gonna take the aesthetics from that. Okay, I do love the fact that that movie was spoiled by its Pez dispensers. Oh, because it showed Mila Kunis as the Wicked Witch of the West in the Pez dispenser. That's hilarious. When you weren't supposed to know which witch became the Wicked Witch of the West. Well, that's ridiculous. Of course, it's gonna be Mila Kunis. Who else is going to be the Wicked Witch of the West? 
They had two other witches. She could have been the good witch. Well, more terrible live-action movies I have not seen. Mm. So, one of Selena's guards comes up to her and he's like, Hey, I know you tend to murder people who, like... Tell you things? But there's a dude who's really insistent on seeing you. He says he needs help. And Selena's like, fine, send him in. I haven't murdered anyone in, like, ten seconds. Yep, and, um old man comes in yeah what is with this it's uh it's stainum it's stainum but he, the actor looks like maybe 20 years older than rebecca mater yeah i don't know what's happening but anyway he comes in and he is all made out of tin from the torso down it turns out that he honked off the wicked witch of the north okay okay what the fuck? Okay, uh, she he honked off the Wicked Witch of the North and she put a curse on him, but Wicked Witch of the North. Yeah. That's, that, okay. First of all, there are no Wicked Witches. There's just Zelina. There's the coven of good witches that she joined. And then there's Zelina, who turned wicked with jealousy. There's no Wicked Witch of the North to curse the Tin Man as she did in the actual Wizard of Oz book. So, I have a couple of things where we could go from here. Okay, go ahead. First off, Selina, we're assuming, taking out the other two witches, has destabilized the witch economy and allowed a new power class of wicked witches to take hold. She created a witch power vacuum? Yes. Okay. Or, there was a secret council of wicked witches that was working counter to the council of witches we saw earlier. And, again, they have now been able to seize more power now that they don't have good witches opposing them. Okay, I like either of those stories. I really do. But I honestly... It's hard to take this as anything other than the writers not giving a fuck about their own continuity. Also, why wouldn't he say Wicked Witch of the East? I know all of the witches were good in this continuity, but there was never a Wicked Witch in the North. Yeah, that's true. The witches in North and South were good, and the witches in East and West were wicked. Yes, because horizontal is bad but vertical is good right and it was the wicked witch of the east who who cursed him who actually enchanted his axe to chop off pieces of his body and then he had them replaced with tin until he was all tin meanwhile this curse is just making tin spread all over his body like colossus but he can't control it yeah yeah also he has no heart right so at some point he's just gonna at some point the curse is gonna reach his heart and he'll die at that point unless he gets a new heart yes luckily there's a magic heart in the woods but there's a terrible cgi monster guarding it and he knows that she's the most powerful magic user in the land so he wants her to fight the cgi monster because he can't fight cgi monsters with real swords or axes in this case. That makes sense. And she's like, why should I do this? And he's like, because you're bored. Well, what else were you going to do tonight? Yes. He, he says, because you're good. And then he also says, because you don't have anyone, what else were you going to do? 
Yeah. Which, okay. Fine. Whatever. The... You know what's really weird is that he keeps referring to them as being old friends, but we have no indication that they saw each other at all other than that one time when she saved the birds. Well, and that's the time he, he references when he's like, remember me from the bird thing? So... They met each other once for 15 minutes, and now he's referring to them as childhood friends. Also, why didn't they hang out more? Yeah, right? All the other kids in town were so mean to her. Yeah. And... I mean, I don't think he, he, he seemed to not like them and he seemed to like her. Uh, you know, I just, I feel like not a lot of thought was put into this subplot. So back in present days, Selena's wandering around the mines looking for the Black Fairy so she can fireball her face off when Regina shows up. And Regina gets really mad at Selena and they have the exact same fight that they had in the sheriff's office literally nothing is accomplished with this scene we don't learn anything new and it doesn't move the plot along they just both reiterate their arguments Zelina saying that they have to do something and regina saying that Zelina is too weak to do anything which Zelina's like i'm more powerful than you and regina's like is that why you needed my help fighting the evil queen because she was because she's me and she was about to kill your ass also, I don't know if you remember this, she doesn't bring it up, but Regina was the one who defeated her at the end of the Zelina season. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all this sibling rivalry causes an avalanche, because... Sure, why not? And now they're trapped there, except they can teleport there, shouldn't be trapped there, but whatever. Maybe teleportation is like cell phones and it doesn't work when you're too deep underground. God. So... Back in the wedding planning subplot. Back in the wedding planning subplot, Emma, Hook, Charming, and Snow are all in grannies. And Snow's like, it's perfect. We'll just throw all of the chairs in the side of the room and then we can have the wedding in here. And David's like, what the shit are you talking about? Okay, David's being really, really mean. But, and I don't want to sound like a snob, but don't get married in granny's diner there are nicer places why don't you get married at the murder bench that's pretty or get married in the sorcerer's house remember that big ballroom yeah like there are lots of places to get married that are better than this i honestly like took suggestion which was just getting married on the jolly roger yeah but apparently a whole bunch of people are gonna show up and yeah but david is such a huge dick about this he's like this is a garbage place for garbage people, and I don't hate my daughter enough to suggest that this is the place where she should get married, Snow. Also, you want your daughter to get married in the place where you came right before you fucked Dr. Whale? Yeah, it's a really weird thing to bring up at this point. Yeah, she's like, we were on a curse! Also, you fucked Catherine a lot. I mean... Did I... he? Did they actually have sex? I don't know. Catherine seemed like she wanted to, but... Or did she? I don't know. That whole subplot was not great consent-wise. Yeah. It's one of the things we, we can't talk about because we like Regina. Yeah, yeah. So down in the mines, Regina and Selena are still fighting. Yes. Regina's like, look, the Black Fairy's like the biggest bad who ever bad she's gonna kick your ass and selena's like that's why i was sneaking up on her i was just gonna sneak up on her 
fry her internal organs, and then we would have been done with this. And Regina's like, um, but you didn't bring the one MacGuffin that we know defeats her. And Selena's like, yeah, I don't believe in MacGuffins. I believe in myself. Which, also, like, fair. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't necessarily need a special who's-its to kick the ass of someone who's mystically maybe a few levels ahead of you, not to gamify this too much, but... Yeah, you probably don't need a special item. Like, just do witch Pilates for a couple of weeks and then... Witch Pilates, yes, exactly. In the flashback, Zelina and Stanum are on their way to fight the monster and get the magic heart so that Stanum doesn't die of being a tin man. And Zelina's like, let's make this fast. I've got a special village of munchkins I need to, you know, terrorize. And Stanum's like... You don't have to do that around me. Like, I know you've got this big, tough image, but you can kill people with your mind. You really don't need to keep proving yourself by picking on helpless people. Yeah, and she's like, yes. Stanum's also like, you don't have anything better to do. So she tells him about her plan to create a spell that will let her go back in time so that she can be the one that her mother loves. And he's like, that's a terrible idea. He points out, he's like, that's a lot of effort to reconnect to someone who didn't want you in the first place. So then she threatens him. She says, the last person who talked to me like that is now peeling bananas with their feet. And I get that you're threatening to turn him into a flying monkey, Zelina, but maybe don't choose the coolest thing about monkeys when you threaten someone with that. But this conversation gets interrupted by a CGI lion dragging Stannis off. Yep, yep. You know, it's not that bad CGI. It's fine. It's, it's fine. They're in the dark, it's fine. Also, Zelina's kind of casually, Zelina pops a fireball and starts casually strolling after them. I guess his front section is tin so it's not like he's gonna be able to get that mauled but yeah well uh, basically Zelina is Mike Myers you know she just walks at a normal pace and catches up to you mm. so down in the mines Zelina and Regina are still trying to figure out a way out and they realize that they've found a vein of fairy crystals which I guess is what fairy dust is mined from fair and they think that this must be why the black fairy is down here so that she can tap into the power of these fairy crystals and regina's like why would she want light magic you know setting up the black fairy to go oh i don't want white magic by the way you're the one who finally cast my curse but you suck no wonder you suck so hard it didn't stick. Yeah, yeah, I'm the Black Fairy. Yeah. I mean, it stuck for 28 years. I, what would be considered a success? Forever, I guess. That sounds so boring. Yeah, what really is the end goal of the Dark Curse? I know we talked about this a little bit last week when we had a flashback to the time of the curse, but was it really that fulfilling for Regina? I would have been so bored. Again, it feels like the Dark Curse is something you should set up to trap other people in and then just, like, visit every so often. Right! It should be something that you can look at, like, inside of a globe or something, like, in the Bottle City of Candor, and you can just look from above and laugh at them being in pain, and then put it back on a shelf and go live your life. Exactly. What's the benefit to being 
trapped in your own curse. Yeah. And and not just trapped in your own curse, but trapped in your own curse and the only one who knows that you're trapped in a curse. You don't create a hell to live in that hell. I mean, we covered this ground last week, but I think it bears repeating. Especially given what happens in the series finale. Yeah. Yeah. So the Black Fairy mwahahas for a little bit and then she causes a mini avalanche and runs off. Yeah, so Zelina tells Regina to keep Gideon busy while she chases down the Black Fairy. So she ends up chasing, and and she does, she ends up chasing the Black Fairy into a cavern that is just filled with the light crystals. It's like the worst game of tag ever. You've got these two actresses who are on very, very small sets trying to like it's a chase scene where everyone has to move really slowly because the sets are so small you don't want to run off the set yeah that is what it is well they finally end up in the in the cave of solitude in the fortress of solitude yeah but it's a cave yeah 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 so zelina starts throwing her evil green energy at the black fairy and the black fairy's like oh no it hurts so much it hurts so much that i can't stop laughing at you I'm just going to stand here and take it because you literally can't do anything. Yeah, she's like, look, I'm sure you were a big deal back in season, what, three? But we're in season six now. And I can do anything you can do better. I just needed your whiny angst magic to bum these crystals out so much they went from light crystals to dark crystals. Yeah, she telekinetically knocks Zelina's hand up so that the force is going not into her chest, but into the ceiling. And then it spreads out amongst all the crystals. So I guess that's how you do that. Which, okay, sure, why not? Fine. So now the Chris, the crystals have been imbued with Zelina's darkness and the black fairy can use them now for her own purposes and Zelina's like wait that doesn't make any sense if you just need dark magic to go into the crystals to make them dark magic why did you need me why didn't you use your own dark magic or Gideon's Gideon knows dark magic but the black fairy tells her no no, no it needed to be the dark magic of somebody who's unstable like you yeah that's not what yeah well, it is kind of what we talk about when we talk about, for instance, Regina's magic versus Rumpel's magic. The way Regina's magic is based on kind of an uncontrolled passion and his is based on kind of a forethought and malice. So Zelina's magic is based on character inconsistencies? That's why it's so powerful. Sometimes. God. Also, Regina's there, but... Gideon just kind of knocks her out with a wave of his hand. Yeah, Regina does not come off well in this episode. She doesn't even get to pop fireballs. She just gets thrown about the place. Yeah. Well, now that the Black Fairy has what she wants, she bamps Zelina and Regina away. Because it's not the final battle yet, even though she could have easily killed them right then. Yeah, What? Well, what's the point of not killing them? It's not the final battle yet. No, fairies have different rules. So... There's a bit, I, I mostly know this through uh, Chris Sims and Jordan D. White's Sailor Moon podcast. Okay. Sailor uh, business? Sailor business. But 
there's a bit in this in the first season season finale where uh Sailor Moon and her team are going after the big bad Queen Barrel. Uh-huh. And they get to the like they're facing off against her final minions and all of the Sailor Scouts die, you know, fighting them. So at the end it's just Sailor Moon standing outside of the crystal fortress or whatever that Queen Barrel lives in. Uh-huh. And the queen teleports her into the fortress so they can have their big fight. And I think it was Chris Sims who pointed out, he's like, well, like, she could have just teleported her into, like, space or a volcano or something. There was really no legitimate reason for her to teleport her into her throne room so they could have this big battle. If you're teleporting her anywhere, you could just get rid of her. Those are the rules! I I guess it makes a little more sense with the Black Fairy, because fairy rolls. Although her her final battle is supposed to be with Emma, although we'll see how that shakes out. Uh huh. So. Uh, there, Max. I'm telling you, there are rules, and also that those rules are unknowable to mortals. I guess she didn't really have a particular reason to kill Zelina and Regina. Exactly. They're not the main characters. I mean, Regina well, was for a while there, but not so much now. So much the worse are we for that. Although, honest to God, Emma isn't really the main character anymore either. Who would you say is the main character now? I don't think we have one. I don't think there's a solid enough protagonist. I think maybe that's a problem with this season. Huh. Like, we have characters who want stuff, I guess, but... Yeah, I think the main thing everyone wants is to be done with this show. Boy, that really, really feels like uh, the truth. We're so close, though. We're on episode 18. Surely they're not going to drag everyone back and make them do more. Well. Not everyone. Yeah, David and Mary Marker get the hell out of here. Jennifer Goodwin and husband. Yes, yes. And then husband goes and does Manifest, a show that I wanted to do a jokey podcast about because I heard it was so bad. And... It's too late. It's already gone and nobody remembers it already. Did it even make it to five episodes? I'm not sure. Wow. I mean, it's a little late to be hopping on the lost train, isn't it? Yeah, right? Like, the 4400 was about a billion years ago. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Manifest is a show that really still wants it to be, you know, 2007. So... Back in the flashback, Zelina is getting ready to face off against this lion. And she's like, hey, lion, I'm Zelina and I'm going to kick your ass. And then she pops a fireball. And then she throws it at the lion who dodges. And it just jumps in her. Zelina is not making a good showing here. The, the lion's not really doing anything. It's just pinned her down and it's roaring in her face. Until a really, really poorly CGI'd thrown axe comes at it. It's moving so slowly. Yeah. How yeah. Did, how did he throw an axe that slowly? Yeah. The axe hits the lion and then the lion runs at the tin man. And Zelina throws a fireball at him. And this time it hits. Because he's distracted by attacking the Tin Man. And the lion's response is to first shake it off 
and then get this very wounded, very puppy dog look, and then sulk away literally with his tail between his legs. Like, it doesn't really look like the fireball hurt. It just kind of bounced off him, and he's like, fine, I guess I'll go home. I can tell when I'm not wanted here. Yeah, and then Selena's like, I thought lions were brave. This one sure is cowardly. This is sure is a cowardly lion. Yeah, we get it. We get it. So back in Storybrooke, Regina and Zelina were very nicely teleported to the entrance of the mines. And Regina has one of the dark crystals in her hand. Like she managed to pull one of the dark crystals as she was being teleported out. Wow. Yeah. And she's like, well, Zelina... Remember before when Tina said, what's the worst thing that could happen? This. This is the worst thing that could happen. And Regina's like, look, all you have done is stab us in the back and fuck shit up. You are never helpful to us. Why don't you just take your stupid baby, go back to Oz, and just not be here anymore? She gives her the dark crystal to teleport herself back to Oz because of all of the ways that you can jump between realms, apparently one of them is having a crystal full of your own magic. That's a new one. That's one we hadn't heard yet. We we have to add that to the list of ways to teleport between realms. Neat. So in the B-plot that you kind of keep on forgetting is happening... The Charmings are in... I th- it's what City is Hall. It? It's City Hall. And David's like, this is a shitty place to get married. Fuck you, David. Uh, yeah. Yeah, getting married at City Hall is awesome. Also, David has his arms crossed tightly in front of his chest like a pouty little baby man. <laughs> He's like, this is a terrible place to get married. This is where they have bike safety seminars. Who would get married here? And the walls are so thin, and the and the colors all pukey. This is an awful place. David's like, you know what? We're royalty. We should get married at a palace. Let's just get beans for everybody and teleport to the enchanted forest. And then he storms out with snow behind him, so that Emma can turn to Hook and be like, "Let's just go to Vegas and elope." Well, when David's like. We're royals. You should be, you're a princess, Emma. You should be married in a castle. And Emma's like, so what? Our options are go back to the Enchanted Forest or go to Vegas. And she references what I'm assuming is a real hotel. Yes. And David's like, and storms out. Yeah. Um, this is a very tacky new rich thing of David, by the way. You know, because he was raised in a barn. And now he's like, yeah, but now I'm a king, so I should have kingly things. And meanwhile, Snow, who was, you know, to the manor born, doesn't care about all that shit. And is like, um, I just want my daughter to be happy, so maybe stop being a pouty little man, baby. I mean, father of the bridezilla? Is that even a thing? I Apparently it is. Outside with Snow, when she confronts him about how terrible he is and why did she even marry him, he admits that really he's just being pouty and ruining Emma's day so that 
the black fairy doesn't show up and ruin her wedding. It's pre-ruined by David. It's like that one time when Rachel Summers wanted to stop the Beyonder by destroying the universe before he had the chance to do it. It's exactly like that. He can't destroy the universe if I get there first. Yeah, David claims that he was so upset when Regina ruined their wedding, he doesn't want that to happen to Emma, so he's gonna be the one to ruin it. And Snow's like, uh, remember our first wedding was actually when your mom was dying in that field? Lancelot married us, that was our, that was our actual wedding. She doesn't actually mention that, but you would think she would. Mm. Yeah. David wants to wait till everything has calmed down before Emma gets married, but Mary Margaret points out that by then they might be dead. Or Emma might die. She's basically making the same point he made to Henry earlier in the episode. Well, I think we're supposed to know that he was not, that he didn't mean it when he said it to Henry before. And it's true. Emma sees herself dying in the final battle. So, yes, yeah, she should get married now. Well, I thought Emma averted her death vision. I don't know anymore. Yeah, they're all being real doom and gloom about this final battle thing. But honestly, it's like when you, if you're going to go into for a serious surgery, you update your will. Like, you take care of shit like that if you know that you're going to be facing something serious and possibly life-threatening. Yeah, and Grace and Frankie, when uh, What's-His-Face was going in for surgery, he made sure to get married first. Exactly. So Saul would have to pay for everything if something went wrong. <laughs> That's funny and true. So, back at the shop... Belle's holding baby Robin, and Zelina comes in, and she's like, Oh, Zelina, how'd your business go? And Zelina's like, Well, I wanted to stay here and raise my baby, but instead I'm leaving town forever. And Belle's like, Okay, bye then! Yeah. Belle has no reason to be in... Belle is not concerned at all, but also why should she be? This is, like, not her plot at all. Actually, I think Zelina's... Out of the main cast, I think Selena might be one of the few people who hasn't actively screwed over Belle at any point. Wow, that's a good point. Huh. Maybe Belle should have tried to keep... Maybe Belle should have tried to keep her in town. Yeah, I mean, I think the worst thing she did to Belle was brainwashing Rumpel back in season three. I mean, that was pretty bad, but yeah, not as bad. So... Zelina goes back to her farmhouse and stands outside and summons a tornado, which is appropriate because that is the place to stand when you summon tornadoes. Yes, not inside the mayor's office. Oh, right. But no, I meant outside a farmhouse. Yes. Also, this there are some really pretty shots when she's first summoning the tornado. Right, before they get overtaken by the terrible CGI tornado itself. Yeah, and these weird close shots of Zelina where... It... Well, they had to zoom really far in on her face so that they could justify not putting the tornado in that shot. Hmm. So, Zelina, so back in the flashback, Zelina and Tin Woodsman guy find the lion's magical heart box, which it had for whatever reason. Yeah, and it's keeping it on the table where Zelina met with her coven back when she was with those witches. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, she takes the heart, and it immediately starts to suck out all of her magic. So she freaks out and throws it back in the box. She tells Stainum that it's not magic, it is in fact draining her magic. And Stainum's like, great, so drain your magic and put it in my chest. And it's like, that is a big ask, my friend. 
Yeah, she, like, used her magic to take over this country, and she's made a lot of enemies. Like, putting aside the fact that magic is a cool thing to have in general, like, she would be murdered a few days into no longer having her magic. I mean, even putting aside the fact that she needs magic for her protection, which, yeah, you're right, she does, asking someone to rip out such a fundamental part of themselves is a big thing to ask of them. Uh, also, I don't know, is this a permanent thing, or is it, like, all the magic she currently has in her magic? I'm pretty sure it's a permanent thing. That is sort of what they're treating it like, which, yeah, this is this is a really, really big ask, dude. Yeah, and uh, Zelina's not here for that ask. She says no, and then she stands there and watches him turn to tin in front of her. And he's all like, I can Except not really. Well, he's like, he's like, I thought you would do anything for a friend because you don't have friends because you're a loser. And she's like, I'm, I'm a loser. I'm not the one turning to tin. Also, I do have friends. Loneliness is my friend. Inconsistent character motivation is my friend. Monkeys are my friends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then as she storms off, she ADRs over it. Maybe Dorothy will come back and save you, which is such a weird thing for her to throw out there. But, I mean, she does, so okay. Yeah, I guess it's so... We can assume Dorothy saved him at some point. Yeah, that way we don't have to be worried about him. Just like they ADR'd over Tiger Lily last week. Oh no, Tiger Lily got away so that we didn't have to worry. They're doing a lot of that in these episodes. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so back in the present, the Charmings and all have gathered back in the sheriff's station again to talk about how much Zelina totally fucked them over. It's like a Zelina. It's like a Zelina vention without Zelina. It is. So, so they ask Regina if she's like moved forward at all in repairing the wand thing, and Regina's like, "No, I was dealing with the Zelina shit, but now I can." fix the wand now i have time to focus on fixing the wand i guess and then zelena storms in and is like not as much time as you think sister god there's a lot of calling each other sis in this episode how often have you called your sister sis i don't think i've ever called my sister sis i really don't but zelena lets us know that she never planned to return to oz that was a fake out she used the tornado to bring the heart to her because she has a plan now. See, the magic that the Black Fairy plans to use is tied to her magic now. So if she sucks out all of her magic with that heart that we saw in the flashback 30 seconds ago, it should also suck all of the magic out of the Black Fairy's crystals. Oh my god, you mean that object they introduced in this episode can somehow fix the problem they introduced in this episode? This is what I'm saying! This episode need not exist! Also, I'm having some difficulty here. Why would her no longer having magic somehow reverse her reversal of the crystal's moral polarity? Well, she didn't just reverse the polarity of the crystal. She imbued them with her own magic. So she's going to suck her magic back out of them. And then they'll reverse pull and be good again. 
No, I'm sorry, that's dumb. Look, the solution is no more dumb than the problem. You mean the that the black if the black fairy wanted evil imbued crystal she should have just been able to do it herself there was literally no reason why it should be zelina's magic or they should have introduced some place for there to be evil crystals or maybe the crystal should have just turned evil in the presence of the black fairy the way that those anti curse flowers grow in the presence of evil you know what my question is how come there aren't more flowers why don't they just throw the fucking glass heart at the black fairy Oh, yeah, suck her magic out. But that's not what they do. No. Zelina sucks out all of her magic. And you remember she had that one piece of crystal that Regina somehow grabbed when she came. I thought she used that to create the tornado to get the heart thing. She did. But she still has it. She didn't lose it. Creating the tornado didn't destroy that piece of crystal. So they have that crystal and they can see that crystal turn white. So they can assume that that happened with all of the crystals. And we don't have to assume the show shows us, but they can assume. Good, that was pointless. I mean, I guess Zelina no longer has magic. Right? Yeah, Zelina has no magic now? Yeah, that's 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 what I'm taking away from this. And if she has magic next week, I'm going to be pissed. Well, maybe her magic just needed to recharge. Okay, if that's the case, then she definitely should have saved Stainum. Yeah. If it was just like, this will drain, this is going to drain your cell phone battery. Your (laughs) cell phone battery will die. You can just recharge it later. Uh, Meanwhile. I do like how Emma's like, so I guess everyone's back to square one now. Emma points out, she's like, well, that was pointless. Well, but Emma does take a hold of the now good fairy crystal and is like, oh, we should ask the fairies for help, but I haven't seen Blue lately. Has anyone seen Blue lately? Did they not know? No, they didn't know. No one knew. So Zelina's like, oh, funny that you mentioned that because I totally know where Blue is. She's unconscious in the back of Mr. Gold's shop. I do like how they bring, like, what was Rumpel doing all episode? Because he's like, we need to wake up the Blue Fairy. And then he walked out of his store and he didn't appear until someone else came up with the solution. Yeah, he had no plan. He was just wandering around, probably drinking at bars or whatever. He was over at Aesop's tables. (sighs) So, so Emma's like, all right, we've got a plan now to wake up the Blue Fairy. What if, stay with me here. We use fairy dust. Solid. Yeah, she crumples up the crystal and sprinkles the powder on the blue fairy. Which, by the way, that shit has to be mined. This is like unrefined fairy dust. I do like how she just kind of squeezes it until it turns into dust. Well, because it's magic, so magic. Sure, why not? Belle feels for a pulse after they do that, and she feels a pulse. So she's like, oh, yay, it worked. Except it didn't. She's not awake yet. Rumble's like, yeah, it takes time. Probably until next week's episode time. Meanwhile, the Black Fairy and Gideon are talking about what a crappy thing it is that they're going to be able to wake up the Blue Fairy. And Gideon's like, yeah, and then she'll be able to fix that wand that can stop you. And the Black Fairy's like, 
No, it was never about the wand. The blue fairy knows things about me. Things that things that the good guys can't discover, or it'll let them be able to stop me because they'll know my backstory. <sighs> Next week's episode is called The Black Fairy, so yeah, we'll get her backstory there. Which is to say, which is to say, which is to say, we could have skipped this whole episode and just jumped to the Black Fairy's backstory. I mean... We talked about that, right, when we hit the episode where you stopped watching Once Upon a Time, where we were like, you could legitimately go from, like, I think it was episode 17 to the season finale, series finale, and not miss anything. You absolutely could. I mean, don't skip over the musical episode. I mean, yeah, you could skip between the decomifying episode, or not even the decomifying episode. You could skip a whole bunch, like, from the evil queen going to the pocket dimension with Robin Hood. You could skip from that to the musical episode and basically not miss anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, the musical episode also doesn't advance the plot, but oh my god, the musical episode. It's so bad, y'all. I'm so excited. So bad. Yeah, this, I don't know. I had more fun than you did when we were watching it, but talking about it. A whole lot of nothing goes on. I think I had more fun talking about it than you did. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. Well. So, uh, let's well, see. There. Did you have anything for Fashion Corner? I just really like that Zelina was wearing just a plain green shirt, but she had a black cape over it so that it was just a pop of color whenever she moved her arms and you could see her arms underneath the cape. That was cool. I did not like Regina's weird blue coat. No, it looked like she stole it out of Snow's closet. Why are they doing a lot of pastels and neutral tones on Lana Paria this season? I think they want to show that she's becoming good, but it's not her look at all. Like, you let Emma wear bright red. I guess that's different, but... Also, they feel like they're doing weird stuff with Emma, too. Honestly, I swear, this episode, it feels like basically every person just wore whatever they showed up on set wearing. Mm. Including Zelina, because Rebecca Mader is committed. So, recommendations. I recommend that you read Wicked by Gregory Maguire instead of watching this episode. Honest honest to God, stepping on my lines here, because that was going to be my recommendation. Wicked by Gregory Maguire. Or, you know, listen to the soundtrack to Wicked. Yes. Oh, don't read any of the sequels, by the way, because it'll just ruin it for you. Just just read Wicked. Son of a Witch was fine. I... It was fine. Eh. It was fine. Just listen to Popular over and over again. So I just, I really do love Wicked. I love both the book and the musical, even though they are so very, very different. Mm. And I feel like Wicked is the Oz novels from the point of view of the Wicked Witch of the West. And the musical is... It's the MGM movie. From the point of view of Margaret Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's smart that they did it that way. So, um... I think that'll Wow, that's it. it. Yeah. All right. So, until next week... Not even ready because that... That came upon us so quickly. Short episode this week. How long have we been talking? Like an hour. That's nothing. Nothing happened. This show is partially listener supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, head over to our website, www.ilovetelevisionzines.com, and click on our Patreon link. 
We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, and Ryan. You can also support us in other ways, such as rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash I Love Television Zines. We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter or at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Storybrook. Hey there, Mr. Tinman. You don't know how lucky you are. You shouldn't spend your whole life wishing for something bound to fall apart. Every time you Never